Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is a fellow person from Union County, Nate Murray, uh, the host of the podcast Get a Little Weird. How's it going, Nate? Not bad, Andy. <laughs> but this is a, a, a pretty small county in, I don't know, central eastern Indiana. Um, yeah, I don't know, south. Eastern. It's hard to describe, I guess. Whenever I describe to people where I'm from, it's like, eh, it's kind of between Richmond and Cincinnati, but in the country. But uh, yeah, not a very huge area. So it's, it's I don't know, rare for someone from Union County to have a podcast, but you do. And it's kind of focused on Union County. And I, it's really cool to hear kind of some of the like history and the connection that you have with that area. Um, I've still, you know, returned to visit and stuff, and I still appreciate and have a lot of memories from that area, but I don't know nearly as much about it as you do. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate your podcast. It's cool to hear such a, like, unique perspective. And, like, I don't know, it's just, like, full of your personality, which is really cool, um, which it is a little weird, but I think that's kind of the the glory of podcasts is it can be a little weird. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do really like Union County. And I do really like the stuff that I talk about. <laughs> so yeah. it's very like genuine and it's cool too, um, that you're able to like, I don't know, I, you've met like complete strangers. You've had like a bunch of interesting guests on the show. You've been going for over a year now. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, is it something you plan on doing like for a long time? Do you have a plan for the, the show and where you want it to go? It's going to keep going. I mean, it's a, it's like a time capsule. It's like my journal. So like I'm doing it for me. If someone else can can listen and get something out of it, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm not trying to, you know, shoot for my 15 seconds of fame or anything. That was never in the that was never anything that I had behind it. Uh, I just wanted it to be, you know, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I just wanted it to be another podcast I could listen to. It just happens to be my voice and some other people I know's voice. So I feel like it is kind of a natural trait, like even before podcasts were around you were probably still, you know, collecting your list of like favorite public restrooms in Union County, like those kinds of like interesting conversation starters you kind of already had going before you even knew what a podcast was, you know, like it's, it's just natural with a certain type of brain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, where, where the, where the bathroom thing comes in, there's a friend, I, I probably have mentioned it on an episode that you've listened to, but his name is Brad. And we, we would always go to uh, Oxford Walmart and just walk around Oxford Walmart in high yeah. school. And like we start, I don't know. It was, it was definitely Brad who started it, but he was like, we got to find a better bathroom to use than the one in Oxford Walmart. <laughs> so it really, yeah, those lists started really compiling. And I think that started with him, but it, it is really, it's easy and it's just fun. And it's like, I mean, it's a conversation, whether it's about restrooms or restaurants or whatever, it's a conversation you can have with just about anybody and you're going to find somebody who has a, a different view. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. That, that's awesome. I think it's it's a way of, I don't know, like exploring the world through conversation and like through paying attention to what's going on around you instead of just being focused on you know, school or whatever you're supposed to be focusing on. Like, I think that curiosity of like, oh yeah, but what's this about? Or like, how can I kind of collect some more of these things or think more about that and share that with people? It's pretty cool. 
That's so cool, man. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're doing that. It's really cool to uh to kind of hear someone else's memories and stuff about Union County as well cuz it's it's a small place, but I think it's pretty unique and like people who grew up there or have visited there can like vis- visualize what you're talking about in a lot of like specific location-based things and it's like, "Oh yeah, I remember being there." Like, or I have some other story that happened at that same place like, you know, I my friends and I would go hang out at the Oxford Walmart too. Like there's not much else yeah. to do. Um yeah, but uh, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm pretty sure you're the first Union County person to be on the podcast. So congratulations. Um, and my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you've brought a topic today that I'm so stoked about and has been on my original list. Um, I made a list of topics before I even had a name for the podcast. And Adventure Time was on that list and we're finally getting around to it. Um, this is for sure my favorite animated series of all time. Like I'm pretty obsessed with it. Uh, I own duplicates of several seasons of the DVDs because I love watching the commentary tracks and I've got like the books and it's just such a cool series. And the people who worked on the show have gone on to create a bunch of amazing other shows too, but it's just, it's such a huge like cultural force and it's so precious to me. And I'm so excited to like do some brainstorming with you, man. Oh yeah, totally. That's I, the the ways that you feel about it are the ways exactly that I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy. And I think to like, to a certain kind of weird uh, person, this show just feels like home where it's like, it's kind of kitty and goofy, but it's also has some like really dark stuff to it and some really curious, like bizarre uh, world building things. And it's got like fun music and like a goofy sense of humor and a, a very like simple, unique art style. But there's so much possibility within that space uh, for really compelling stories and like really good jokes and so much good music that I'm going to be putting into this episode. Like it's just such a cultural force and I love it. And uh, I hope it keeps getting like more and more popular over time because I think it is such a special like treasure. Dude, I I couldn't agree more. Now, have you seen, have you seen the uh, past season 10, the stuff on HBO Max? Not yet. Um, It kept coming up in my sort of research and I'm like, man, I have to see these things Um, because they're kind of like special episodes, like movies, aren't they? Is that what they're classified as? I see. I don't, I'm I'm a guy who doesn't Google stuff for the reason of not spoiling it. So, but I've heard just from hearsay that it's a movie each one's a movie. I've heard of their miniseries is kind of like the stakes miniseries and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I, I had such a hard time with season 10 that I've never even, I haven't even taken the, the leap to try to, well, no, we don't have HBO max anyway, but I haven't even taken the leap to go see them because yeah. I just was kind of hurt with how rushed the end of the show was. But. That's fair. Yeah. Kind of relatable. And I just, I love going back to the early seasons anyway, and just kind of like rewatching through the series again. So I'm not in a huge rush to watch those, but um, yeah, I think, I think they're at one point said there's going to be four of those like specials. And I believe two of them are out so far. So I'm sure I'll watch them at some point, but I, I'd also don't have HBO max. I think I'm, I'm waiting to, uh, commit to that but it does seem like inevitable that i'm gonna have to get an hbo max subscription at some point and then i'll uh, have access to those um so yeah i'm i'm planning on getting into it someday but i just the world is so cool in this series and like re-watching series or re-watching the series you always find new things that you missed the previous time so it's like it's it never gets stale to me it's not one of those series where you only want to watch it once um especially with the commentary tracks like 
again, for a special kind of brain, like a certain kind of weirdo, watching the creators talk about the thing is so fun. And it's basically like a podcast, like half the time they're not even really paying attention to or commenting about what's on the screen. They're just kind of talking to each other about like the creative process or like inside jokes or um, their memories about working on the show. But it's such a cool, like chill uh, vibe on the commentary tracks. I just, I love it so much. Yeah. And those, I mean, those people who like, who created Adventure Time, that's like kind of like, those are my people. Like if I could be surrounded with people like that all day, every day, like I'd be in heaven. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a really good point. I, they do seem like such cool people and like such weirdos. And it's so magical that they were all able to work together for this, you know, certain amount of time um, to create this series. And it, it ran from 2010 to 2018. And, the, just the original like series itself and just that whole time I feel like it was such a, a magical combination of people and like Cartoon Network supporting it and and it was such a cool time when that series was still coming out like when a new season would start and stuff like that it was so exciting and uh yeah it's I'm glad that it, it's over I know that the ending was a little bit rough but having it all collected and all of it done is is also really satisfying it's not like it just got canceled or something like that they were able to at least tell some kind of ending to the story now I think there's an untold story that maybe maybe it did get rushed out a little bit. It like, could be and I haven't done much research into that but it kind of I feel like almost any series that ends I'm unhappy with the ending of it and maybe that's just because it's ending but I don't know do you feel like there's like specific things they kind of should have done different with the the ending? Well, I mean specifically I I remember watching the extras on the season 8 9 10 com, you know the combo pack that came out for that. Mm -hmm. and Pendleton Ward, it was like, he's like, I, I can't actually say what happened at, to make this the end. Because wow. I feel like they were running with it, and I think Cartoon Network was like, you either get out or we get you out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And But no, like, okay, you remember the episode, um, I think it's called like, it's called Varmints or something. It's when those crazy mole things attack Princess Bubblegum's cabin when she's not Princess Bubblegum. Um, no, the title's not ringing a bell. Is it kind of zombie-ish vibes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Very okay. much. Yeah, that feels familiar. So that was in about season seven, and that's when it all started kind of getting a little bit shaky to me, and I'm like, I I think that they know the t the, the end is near, and they're they're trying to they're making leaps whereas mm -hmm. normal, normally the show would kind of slowly roll stuff out that's what i liked about the the first five or six seasons yeah. is you you would they would like show you something and then you wouldn't know anything about it until like five episodes later right and yeah, that's true they'd like reference the nightosphere a lot before you actually see it that kind of stuff like subtle world building or kind of like calling their shot. Like we're going to, you're going to be curious about this thing and then we're going to show you it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when, when that, I think that what it's called varmints, I think um, that episode really was like, okay, we've been, we've been slow rolling this thing, but we're just going light speed now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, that was the thing that was disappointing to me, but I can't, I can't control how they created it. You know, I can just, enjoy what they what they've given and i there's not an episode i don't enjoy 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. There's always something fun going on in like every episode. And it's a show like, um, when I used to live with a bunch of guys in Oxford, we, I would just like have it on kind of in the background. Like I'm watching it actively, but everyone else just kind of like coming and going throughout the, the house. And like, just walking by that show, you watch a 30 second section and it brings you joy. Like something funny happens or something really weird or like super like out of context happens. And you're like, what is this show? Like it just makes you want to sit down and watch it or just like cherish that little moment and like reference it later because it's like, I only watched 30 seconds of this show, but it was hilarious and this weird thing happened. So now we're going to have to talk about that. Um, it's such a like jam packed show. And like you said, there's, there's not an episode I don't like either. So, like, obviously, you and I are both passionate about Adventure Time, but when it comes to actually making this into a place, where do you think we should start? Well, the uh, the ideal um, the ideal location would be uh, Finn and Jake's treehouse. Yes, <laughs> that's a really good like home for the whole series, basically, because it's like you know where our heroes live, and it is such a magical whimsical place like it would be so cool to see that in real life um it's do we know who made the treehouse or like do you have a thought on like what the background is even if it's not official series canon what are your thoughts it, on it i i can't see that the treehouse was made prior to finn and jake living there because it is uh it, it's so shambly put together <laughs> yeah it, yeah it it only could have the idea I had in my head is that because Jake adopts Finn, he finds him in the woods. And so my idea is that Jake says, I have to find a place to keep this little boy. So what what better than to build a tree house, you know, for a little boy? Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. And it is such a cool spot. Like it has these little rooms that are kind of on separate branches with like uh suspension bridges going in between, or not suspension, like a rope bridges going in between them. And you're right. Everything is so shoddy. Like it definitely looks handcrafted out of kind of like reclaimed wood. And like the floors are really messy looking and um, like their bedroom doesn't seem to have two of the walls. Like it's just the back two walls and some floor and there's no handrail or anything. It's just like drops off to the floor below. Yeah. Um, like a lot of things are pretty sketchy there, but which for a theme park would be a little, you know, difficult or, or challenging. We need to make them a little safer and put handrails up and stuff, but it'd be so cool to go here and like be able to see all of this stuff and all of the different like intricate little rooms. It's not set up like a regular house, obviously, because it's a tree house, but I don't think any of the rooms are rectangular. They're all round and kind of domed and just built on top of each other in this really organic, unusual way. Like this would be like no other place, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Now I, uh, you did bring something up there that was interesting to me. The fact that there's no, now, is this the camera view that we're seeing, or is it truly a drop to the next floor? Mm -hmm. But it, I think actually it is from the bedroom down because Jake stretches down every morning. Right, exactly. And all the, the pictures I've seen of it on like the wiki and stuff, there's uh, just black space on the edge of the room over there. There's just nothing there. <laughs> it just drops down. So, yeah, I think... Um, I, I love the way that this place feels organic. It feels like some kids made it like kind of in a hurry or without much attention to detail. Um, like there's kind of this shed thing as the entrance 
and it just has a ton of different roofs, like at different heights, just all over the place. Like they kept realizing, oh no, rain's still getting through. We need to add another roof over here. It's just like, it feels like such a trial and error type thing where they didn't erase any of the trials, like or any of the errors. They just kept adding more stuff on to make it a little bit better. Um, but yeah, seeing all of the little, almost like Easter eggs, like all the little details hidden in the backgrounds would be so cool. Like so many of the rooms have like old computers, like Macintosh computers stacked up it for for no like explained reason but it's just like i think they find cool junk when they're out exploring you know ooh and they bring it back and they're like this is cool this would be neat to put in our attic or put in our weapon room or like um just put in the living room or whatever and so there's all these bizarre things in the background like almost every shot has something interesting in the background even if it's just like some really poorly made construction like a window where part of the window is a different window like it's just like oh this window's broken let's put another window on it like there's all these weird little <laughs> things like that or like paintings and works of art and different like artifacts they found some of them seem really valuable and some of them some of them just seem like trash that looks cool so they're like mm, let's put that on display it feels very like i like you know something a 20 year old boy like i guess somewhere between 10 and 20 years old would be like that's so cool i have to put that on display in my house yeah, there's like a there's like a mounted demon's head. There's like uh, even in the like the kitchen right above like the breakfast nook like eating area. There's like a naked lady picture on it that's like purposefully ripped so it covers up. <laughs> it's very tastefully destroyed artwork. Yeah, the the yeah. <laughs> the middle section is ripped and like hanging over to censor it. It's pretty cool. And they have that really like that cool booth in their kitchen. That's like it looks like it would be like a booth at a nice restaurant. Um, like a rounded half circle booth that I'm like, I bet they just found that at some kind of restaurant. We're like, oh my gosh, we have to like call some people to help us move this huge piece of furniture into our treehouse. Um, but it's really cool. And it's like such an iconic part of their, uh, their living room. Even if the show never left the treehouse, you can see the whole world in the treehouse. Wow. Um, because it's like you said, it's all this stuff in the world, but it's like this stuff that's obviously like, hasn't been used in 25 years like yeah. like you said the reclaimed computers and things like that and it, it's it it definitely screams like something bad happened in the past like <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you can tell this world is not our world you know even though it's just it's a cool like kids treehouse when you go in there it's like there's some kind of messed up stuff in the background there. there's a lot of skulls back there uh, or like suits of armor and um yeah these these you know kids have a lot of swords <laughs> like it's kind of weird um and yeah i love the treasure room i think that would be so cool to be able to walk through just like piles of like gold coins but with all these like artifacts and jewels and weapons and stuff and that's like, i think the first thing when you walk in the front door is just here's all of our treasure <laughs> um and then there's that ladder going up to get into like the main part of the house um but it's like this is, i think is the shed type garage thingy when you first enter the house is that's the treasure room they added on later it seems like it was an addition before you actually get into the tree itself and um i love the ladder too like it's surrounded by all these valuable things like all this treasure and then the ladder is like the crappiest junkiest ladder in the whole series it's like just made up of like popsicle sticks it looks like it's just a bunch of like pieces of wood taped together or like bandaged together and it's not consistent in the way they made it it seems like things just kept breaking and they'd repair it one thing at a time it reminds me of like Star Wars almost of that aesthetic of this universe is very lived in. Things have broken. People had to fix that. And that's just kind of part of the aesthetic here. And uh, this ladder is it's iconic to me. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if I want to climb it. It seems dangerous, but uh, I want to look at it. 
it's probably not it's probably not climbable if you actually build it in the state that it is in the show. Yeah. Obviously, it's climbable by by Finn, and uh, I, I think my favorite part about that ladder because that ladder is iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Bimo Nor, I love when Bimo falls and he hits his head on the ladder as he falls down through the hole. Yeah, uh, and that's like where he breaks the rung. The rung stays broken that whole time. That's like so when, cool. they, when they show that there's continuity there. They they keep <laughs> the ladder broken. Like I love that detail. That's really cool. That's a good point. I love that episode first of all, but and it's just like a different way of seeing Finn and Jake's treehouse from a totally different perspective. From like you know little Bimo who's like I don't know a foot or sixteen inches tall or something, and seeing their perspective on everything. Like what's the world? from that vantage point look like it's a, it's a fun one. And it's yeah. A, a whole murder mystery episode, basically. I mean, it's not a murder, but there's so much uh, drama and like relationship stakes and a lot of fun stuff that's going on inside of Emo's imagination that I just really love in that episode. So good. Yeah. I love that. The, I, I have like a, like a secret vendetta against cats. I've just never been a cat guy. Okay. And I love, I love that the dirty policemen are cats. Like, <laughs> I love it too. And um, it, it's a fun episode how like, it's just kind of Bimo projecting the story onto other creatures. Like they're not all necessarily actually playing in this game that Bimo's playing, but Bimo's pretending like they are. It's really great. Oh man. So um, yeah, that's kind of like the, the entrance treasure room. And then we get up into the actual tree where, where there's, you know, there's, I think technically two living rooms. There's the bedroom. There's an attic. Um, there's like a weapon room where they just store a bunch of weapons, and then um, the bathroom as well. Like I don't know if those other things need as much attention to detail, or we can just kind of recreate them. And um, or or do you think there's specific other things we need to talk about as far as those rooms go? Well, one th- one thing that that strikes me about. Now you said two living rooms. You would mean one of those was the kitchen with the with the breakfast seating, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So one thing I was thinking about is uh, maybe have like an ultimate sandwich station there. Oh yeah, that's like awesome. a build your own. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Even if it's something like it's just play food. Like you just get play food. Like and you can take Jake's sandwich home. Like. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just that, that I would mean, be that would be cool. If it was, if it's just, um, it's never going to like spoil. It's not real food; you can't eat it, but you can build it the way you want to, and it has the art style of Adventure Time food. And, and yeah, maybe it's even it. maybe it's even hyper realistic. Ooh, yeah, like, I like the that. bread is squishy, and like the if you put a fish <laughs> on there, the fish flops like a real fish. <laughs> That's a really cool idea. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's fun. That could be a cool, like, kind of creative thing, too, that people have never experienced before. Like, have you ever made your own fake sandwich? No. (laughs) With all these, like, kind of fantasy ingredients. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Like, also, have you ever spent $100 on a fake sandwich? (laughs) A sandwich you don't get to eat? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm into that. That sounds really cool. I think, uh, I don't know. I want to stay away from, like, the you know, touring Abraham Lincoln's house or something where it's just like, okay, here's the single file line going through this room and you can look at it. Um, Cause I feel like that's 
when you're like in a living space, there's not a ton of room for like attractions that can fit 30 people in at a time. So I don't know, we could make this um, be just one of those like walk through here and look at stuff. Or it could be more of an experience where you can take your time, but then we do kind of have to worry about the line a little bit. Not that this show has to be all about the boring, sad reality of how theme parks actually work, but you know, we should probably talk about that. Well, in my personal opinion, have you ever been to a lighthouse? Uh, yeah. There's not ever really actually a line to get into the into a lighthouse. <laughs> That's true. So I feel like as long as we're building this thing to scale, I'm talking like 300 people. And that's probably all you'll have in it at once. I mean, that's a good point because it's a big treehouse. I, I can be, I, I think I can speak for the people who are going to this park. <laughs> they're, they're going to be pretty, pretty cool with like, oh, the treehouse is packed right now. We'll, we, you know, we'll circle back, you know? Yeah. Um, there's not going to be anybody yanking anybody out of the treehouse, you know? So. Right, right. I mean, those bridges do, like, some of the parts look a little bit sketchy to be, like, passing somebody else going the other direction because they're pretty narrow, but that's okay. Um, we can have people, you know, be uh, civil and pay attention to the world around them. We can put that expectation on them. Um, but, yeah, I like that. Maybe having a limited number of tickets per hour or something like that, and you just kind of go when there's time for you. But I think this would feel a lot like the city museum in um, St. Louis, which is an absolutely amazing place. I recommend everybody go there, but it's very organic and natural feeling like this. And there's all these little whimsical nooks and crannies you can find yourself going into. Like there's a spot where it's just like, you're walking through this museum type thing. And it's a really weird kind of organic museum. But then there's just like a small hole in the wall that's like two feet by two feet at the floor. Like it looks like a vent cover is missing or something. And you can just climb in there and it's a really narrow um, like tunnel. And then there's a slide and then you keep crawling around and you come out on a different story of the building. It's like, what, how, how is this designed? Like, it feels so weird. And like something that you would never see in the United States where it's like, okay, my kid went in that hole. So they have to come out of this hole. Right. So that I don't have to like go chase down my kid. No, it's not like that. City museum does what it wants to do. Like your kid's on a different story now. It's like, it's got some weird stuff like that going on, which is really uh, wild and fun. And I think that we could borrow some of that vibe um, or maybe they already did to put it into the TV show, but it feels like a thing where someone drew it on their notebook in school while they weren't paying attention to, you know, the lecture. And then, Someone actually built it and it's like, wait, this was never supposed to actually exist in a 3D realm with like, you know, construction standards and ADA compliance and all that stuff. It's like, well, yeah, you're right. It wasn't supposed to be built to normal conventional standards. So it wasn't. So it's just a different thing. We got to figure out a way of fitting people into that whimsical space um, that still feels safe and okay and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I've never heard of the uh, St. Louis City Museum and for the first time in my life, I want to go to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, yeah, if I didn't know about the City Museum, I would have been much less stoked to go there. Um, but it is a, a really cool thing. And there's this area outside, um, which is kind of like this. It's a single file. Um, I think it starts as a staircase. <clears throat> and it goes into like an airplane. Like they have these small airplanes um, just kind of mounted up in the air, like 30 feet in the air or whatever. Um 
And so you go up the staircase and you enter the plane and you kind of like walk through the plane and the like the front is cut off the plane and it turns into like a cargo net tube, like tunnel. So you have to get down on your hands and knees and crawl through this cargo net over just nothing. Like 30 feet below you is like concrete. And then you come to another plane and you climb into that plane and you walk through it. And it's just like these really bizarre things. And you're like in a single file line with a bunch of people just going through this weird, you know, obstacle course tour thing through different airplanes. I feel like we'd have a similar vibe just because the, the treehouse has these kind of islands up in the air almost that are built on different branches. It would be something like that. Um, also, the uh, the boat would be a cool spot too. They have a small like rowboat on top of the treehouse and going up there just to get a view of the park. Like, I mean, it might be kind of cool. Maybe um, that could be like a, a nice little lookout spot. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite features on the exterior of the house. And I just want to say, uh, w- when we actually get this thing off the ground, mm-hmm. we need the engineers and the, and the designers from that museum to do yeah. that because it sounds like that's their bag already. Totally. And and yeah, most people who are are good at building those things build things that are like safe and have ramps and are much more conventional structures. Whereas this is very unusual. And uh, yeah, but that sounds awesome, man. Um. Are there other parts of the treehouse that we for sure need to talk about? Well, to speak on the boat, I do, you know, the boat's a dumbwaiter, and I think that would actually work. Um, you may need someone on there who's a certified, like, uh, hand crank freight uh-huh. elevator operator. Yeah, yeah. Still, it's still legit. That That would be so cool if you could use that. I mean, hmm. Uh, I'm thinking too, you know, for someone who uses a wheelchair, for example, how do they get to experience this place? And it's like, you could change it all to be ADA compliant, but also like, maybe there's just kind of a a different experience. Like maybe the dumbwaiter is the like wheelchair lift. And then you get to go to this, like kind of this area that's unique and not everybody gets to see. Maybe it's more of a, um, once you get up there, there's like a virtual reality area where you can experience the rest of it um, going through, or we could also just make it a little larger than life scale and have room for like a wheelchair access throughout the whole thing. Marceline, I can feel myself slipping away. I can't remember what it made me say. But I remember that I saw you frown. I swear it wasn't me, it was the crown. This magic keeps me alive. When we're kind of talking about the VR thing, I love um, kind of the view from the windows here. Like, I think it'd be neat if we had artificial windows that could actually like play a little scene of what's happening outside, whether it's like that, like dagger storm or whatever that one was, or like seeing, you know, Ice King in some kind of disguise out on the horizon. Um, or just, you know, all the bizarre creatures. There were all those like um, little cute people, like that army of cute things attacking. Like, it'd be so fun to just like look out a different window and you see like a different little scene playing out out there. I think that'd be really cool and like help to build um, kind of what's around the corner feelings for this place. That would be awesome. Um, especially, uh, you remember James Baxter, the horse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, that would like warm my heart to look out and see James Baxter just riding that beach ball. That would be really cool. 
I, I love all the characters with like kind of boring, normal human names. <laughs> it's really fun stuff. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. I think that this would be a really cool kind of like, I don't know if it'd be that like necessarily an entrance, but like a really cool spot on your trip through the theme park. Although there's a lot of other iconic things, you know, candy kingdom, um, the ice kingdom that like would be cool entrances. Like the first thing you see when you're walking in, but I also had this idea that we could do like the opening shot of the theme song is like this really fast uh, zoom in through a bunch of different spots. Like it kind of uh, starts out with like kind of a, a crappy, like post-apocalyptic looking little hilltop and it zooms in and you see the treehouse, and then it zooms in and you see the ice kingdom and it zooms in and you see um, the candy kingdom. And then you see like Lady Rainicorn and you see, you know, a bunch of different characters you're introduced to really quickly, like the, the snow golem and all of the, penguins and you see these characters in these fast shots and then you end up zooming into um i guess at the very end of that part you zoom into the treehouse and you see finn and jake like fist bump and that's what starts the theme song so i think it'd be so cool to do some kind of thing where i don't think that would be like the path you walk down necessarily but recreating that path that the camera takes would be really cool like um as just something you walk through or maybe it could be like an attraction even to see all those sites when you first get to the theme park well, yeah, I think the theme is just, it's epic and it's, it's memorable. And so I can, I can picture it in my head and I'm, all I'm thinking is that you walk into the theme park and then you walk into the line for the first roller coaster. You can't get around it. It doesn't matter if you don't like a roller coaster. <laughs> this roller coaster is taking you through the theme. Yeah. And it plays You've got speakers in in the cart with you, and it plays the theme as you <laughs> go through the theme. And it can, you know, like it's got these, like you said, it zooms in on Marceline, it zooms in on Ice Kingdom, it zooms in on Finn and Jake at the end. Yeah. When, when it does these things, I, and like I said, I'm only imagining this, but it would just swing you down into it. You wouldn't zoom. Mm -hmm. you would just physically move. You are the camera and you wow. physically move toward all of these obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really cool. I, I love that as a roller coaster, like a uh, man, because you go through so many things, like there's so many things to see and they happen really quickly. Whereas if this was just an attraction, you're like on foot walking through, it would be like slow and feel like a museum or something. Whereas just, zipping everyone through really quickly it has to be like what's that what's that what's that like whoa marceline's scary like it does have some little like thrills built into it too yeah have you ever been on uh at king's island you've been on the italian ride right yeah of course okay so in italian ride you know at the end you bust through the um you bust through the billboard and you fall however many feet yeah well that's the italian job not the italian ride <laughs> You know what I meant. Yeah. I know so, so I'm thinking like for the Marceline part, you know, you go through and then there's bats. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of bats. Well, that screen, you that's actually a screen you go through because you can't just always be sending live bats out every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but what you could do is you could go through a hole in the screen and the screen is curved maybe. So you have, and it maybe is even possibly, it's it's a screen that's tunneled. So 
you're seeing the bats for Whoa. the whatever. Yeah. Two seconds you're going through there. Yeah. It's bats. I mean, that's super cool. <laughs> And yeah, we could take some things from kind of like a Pirates of the Caribbean type of ride where it's like there's some roller coastery parts and then there's like some slow parts when you're going up a hill where it's you're kind of just looking around at the characters and the crazy stuff happening in the background. And yeah, I'm I'm so down. Um, that sounds really cool, man. I love it. That's a great like about... oh go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just saying that's a really cool intro to the theme park, like give you a glimpse of what all's possible. And then you can also see these other sites of like Oh, the Candy Kingdom looks really cool. Like, can we go over there? Or like, you know, I just want to start out at the at the treehouse and go through there and then figure out where we're going next. Like, you kind of have these different like iconic places you can start your adventure and then look out the windows and figure out where you're going to go from there. I love that. Definitely. And uh, is about 20, is it like 25 to 30 seconds? Is that what it is? Probably. I think so. Do you I can think- check. I have it pulled up on YouTube. Let me see. It is, oh, it's 13 seconds, actually. So how fast do you have to be going? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what I wonder. <laughs> Probably pretty fast. I, yeah, I don't know. We could also adjust it because seeing these things in real real life with your own eyes, like in 3D, would take more time to process everything. So I think it'll work out. Dude, that, I'm, I'm so stoked. I'm so down for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we talked about Finn and Jake's house, which like is kind of where the, this part ends off and like the actual theme song starts. Um, but I think one of the other things we really, that I really want to talk about is designing, um, what it would be like to go to the ice kingdom. Like that's one of the things that really captivates me. I love the aesthetics of it. Like I really like just simple geometry, like these just like pointy, really extreme mountains. I love the colors. I love the way that ice looks. And the characters, like, there's not a lot of them. Like, Ice King is absolutely an iconic, amazing character. But it's pretty much just him, um, the penguins, which I love as well, and then, like, the snow golem, who's, like, in that, uh, you know, almost silent episode, which is just this kind of understated character. You know, they're in the, um, the intro, like, one of the first characters you see, I think. But it's, like, that character doesn't really get much play. And no one in the Ice Kingdom does except for Ice King kind of his uh his whole thing yeah he the snow column that is what's kind of crazy is you do see him in the uh you do see him in the intro but you don't actually he's not featured until far into the into the series yeah i love that about this show that they don't they don't rush many things you know they take time with their pacing and they're like yeah we have this cool character we're just not going to explore them yet like when they're just like we need to throw somebody in this background or this shot like oh let's come up with someone really interesting and then we'll explain it later like i love that i think they did that with uh did they do that with um uh huntress uh, probably princess? yeah i love i love that character um yeah i think because you're right so there's an episode with it's where you meet mr fox and boobafina and stuff it's where um <laughs> i love that one <laughs> And I think she's in the background with all of the That's four so cool. animals. And, and then you don't see her for three seasons, four right. seasons. It's awesome. It takes a lot of guts to do that kind of stuff of like, yeah, we, we have this really cool character. We're just going to kind of sneak them out. It's like a, it's like not announcing when your new product's going to come out. You just kind of do it. Like you just drop it. You just do it. Like, yeah, it's out. My new album's here. I didn't tell anybody about it. Like it's a pretty cool yeah. move, but yeah. Um, the Ice Kingdom, I think, would look so cool, especially in, in you know, real world, like with the materials we could work with. It could be a lot of like translucent, like see-through ice. 
and just going through um the castle would be really cool like the place where ice king lives like i know a lot of it is really sad bachelor like depressed living type stuff like his bedroom and the bathroom and stuff are just sad lonely desolate places um but there's a lot of cool areas too like he's got the the ninja like secret area and i don't know there's a lot of like room for for slides and cool things to explore here and things that are a lot more like whimsical than even the ice king himself is yeah it's definitely built for like when we're building the ice kingdom and, and especially ice king's castle it's specifically built for multi-level like you said slides weird entrances and access to place you didn't places you didn't think you'd you know get to from there um and uh, the the question I have for you is it is is it going to be anything like that ice um, the ice hotel in Greenland or whatever? Oh, that's a cool idea. I was picturing it just being plastic, but we could actually make it out of ice, I guess. Or maybe some of the interior areas are like that. Um, yeah, maybe the interior yeah. areas are actual ice, and then like the structure of it is glass or plastic. Um, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, because then you could still see through it, and it could not melt all the time on the outside. I like where your head's at on that one. That's really cool. Cause I don't know about personally about you, uh, what you're thinking about it, but I think I'm, I'm going with the same idea. As ben and Jake's treehouse where there's not really a cat for any room in here. So it's like, if you put 400 people in a, <laughs> in an ice structure, you're probably <laughs> spelling disaster. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or at least moisture. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, here, this is just, this is some, somebody write a patent for this. Um, a thing where like, it's an, an infrared sensor that's tracking how many people walk through the doorway. But once it hits a certain threshold, the temperature turns down to like, make sure the ice stays free frozen because, Oh, now we've got 40 people in here breathing instead of only 10. So we need to lower the temperature. So it counterbalances all their body heat and their breath to keep it frozen. And then when those 30 people leave, it goes back down to the correct or up to the right temperature for 10 people being in the room. Or maybe it's weighted, like the floor can can weigh how many people are in the room and adjust the thermostat. I think we can counteract the uh, number of people before it just turns into a big wet uh, puddle of water. It's people like you who are keeping science alive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that's a great compliment um, slash review for the show. <laughs> keeping science alive since uh, 2017 amusement sparks. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think I think this would be cool. I, I like Ice King a lot. I know he's, I don't know, he was a human character at one point, but I think I think in his, in his current state as the Ice King, he would work as an animatronic. Like I could see him being on cables, kind of like flying around, like in a, in an area of the castle with really high ceilings. He'd be flying around the, up up top, you know, yelling at people. Or if as people are walking by the castle, you could just hear his disembodied voice um either yelling about some crazy scheme or yelling at the people walking by um i just i love his voice so much i love what tom kenny has done with that character and i just he's got a cool uh, a cool vibe and i just want to hear him yelling stuff all the time definitely yeah and i was just thinking about it like if you're building this place because you don't want you don't want seven different ice kings and you don't want to go to a room and be like, Ice King was just in that room. This is disingenuous. What I think you could do is you could build a you could build a track system with holes in the 
holes in the floor that are ice king shape and holes in the wall that are ice king shape. Wow. And he will fly like like you said, fly around and he can land and stop in certain rooms and then he'll fly away again. That's really cool. Oh, so wow. You, you, if there's seven or eight rooms and you might actually, if you're on the right track with him, you might actually see him five times, but it's not, it's totally genuine that maybe he followed you to keep like picking on you or something. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really fun. Like, oh, you're trying man. to get away from me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then you could have someone whose job it is to, you know, there's like security cameras in that, um, or like cameras throughout the park in throughout this area. And someone has just like the microphone with the voice changer. So they sound like ice King and they can do that. Like, yeah, I'm following you. Like if there's like one family that he keeps running after like, yeah, I see you. I see your stroller. Like, you know, he can make fun of you guys for whatever you're doing or, or just be like crying for help. Like I need a friend right now because whatever this princess doesn't like me. Um, He's such a tragic yet funny character. Like, um, you rarely ever laugh with Ice King. It's almost always laughing at him, which is really sad. But also there's a lot of a lot of moments I can kind of relate to him in, in certain ways. It's He's a tragic character for sure. He's definitely one of those characters who's like he's turn he's turning on a dime. Anytime mm-hmm. you see him do when you see him doing something sad, he's like he's angry the next time or party in the next time or just completely clinically insane yeah yeah you're right he is all over the place (sighs) and we love him (laughs) oh yeah because it's a theme park every every theme park should have sections and every section should have a roller coaster. I, I, especially a show like Adventure Time where a lot of um, a, a lot of the show is action. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, an idea that I had was that there could be a, um, a roller coaster in the Ice Kingdom, uh, yeah, no. whether it's in Ice King's castle or whether it's outside. Um, in, in a cave system, but the idea is that it's in a cave system. And like you said, I, the ice kingdom is, is very uh, geometric. It's very mm-hmm. spiky at points. So an idea that I had is the, um, there would be a roller coaster that all it is, is it's just corkscrews almost the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. As like a tunnel, right? Like a, like almost like a water slide type thing. Like you're in a tunnel doing corkscrews. I mean, you could still be in a ride vehicle, but I just mean like where it's completely enclosed all the way around. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's enclosed completely around. And so it's the speed of it is so perfect that it's, and and obviously where the track is corkscrewing, Mm -hmm. it's taking you within inches of all of these, uh, you know, icicles oh, that man. look like they could just spear you. Um, and it's, it's definitely a thrill ride. It's definitely a, would be a scarier thrill ride. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be really cool because I feel like that is something that ice King would be into. Um, 
yeah that would be so scary man i like that and it'd definitely be like a uh, keep your arms inside the vehicle type thing so maybe it's like there's arm restraints too like you sit in the chair you put down the lap bar and then also it's like things that go over your wrists so you can't put your arms up because otherwise you're gonna like smack your arms on the icicles yeah you know it could also be just ice king could come like could come by and actually strap you into the thing That's like it's cool. his way it's like his way to torture you yeah yeah and they could be themed like they're just big ice chunks you know because he can kind of control ice so it could be like he's at the front of the whole ride vehicle and he like you know casts like an ice spell on everybody and suddenly that's when the like arm restraints pop up they're like these big translucent ice things pop over your wrists that'd be really cool that would be really cool yeah, and, and if, okay. if he's on the top if he's on the front of the thing maybe he's casting maybe you can actually physically see his arms because it w- wouldn't maybe it wouldn't be a real person maybe it would mm-hmm. be an animatronic at that point maybe maybe at some point the the lights go dark and then he's all of a sudden on the front of the thing when the lights come back on cool and oh, yeah i like that making the icicles come out of the walls yeah he would be so he could be such a scary character like if they wanted to make an adventure time like horror movie I think Ice King would be really creepy in real life, like using kind of like uh, Detective Pikachu style graphics. I think he would be really could be a really scary character. So, uh, yeah, I like the idea of uh, having like a kind of scary ride that's like Ice King is is punishing you or something or like, you know, trying to show you how much of a like scary guy he is. Just trying to get you to tell him stuff about Finn and Jake. Oh, yeah. He's like trying to torture it out of you. (laughs) Yeah, he's so insecure about how yes. his friendship is with uh, Jake. that would be something he would do like i love that that's super cool man i was thinking too we could do like maybe more of a family friendly ride where you sit on top of one of the penguins and just kind of go through almost like a water slide type thing it's not, not necessarily with water but like you're not on a track system you're just kind of sitting on this like big squishy penguin and you kind of because i think there's a lot of spots where there's like trap doors and stuff through the ice castle um, where Finn and Jake just kind of go through ice really quickly. Like it moves fast because it's all ice and they just get shot out the other side doing something like that would be kind of a low tech thing, but it would be, it'd be pretty cool. And you could do some, some of the like thrills or fun of, you know, a roller coaster without it being as scary as the, uh, you're getting stabbed by icicles one. <laughs> yeah. And actually, yeah, it could be almost like, I mean, since we're building this whole thing out of ice anyway, it could just be a loose track. Mm-hmm. That, you on the <laughs> that would be awesome that's really cool yeah and a lot of people wouldn't get an ex- a chance to experience that in their lives except for at the uh, adventure time theme park i'm down oh, oh, Fiona, your fist has touched my heart So we've covered the uh, treehouse in the Ice Kingdom. Where should we go next? Well, uh, if we're talking kingdoms, the the best one is probably Candy Kingdom. Yes, I love that. Uh, what an interesting place. Um, I don't remember if it's the very first episode. One of the very first ones um, is the one with the zombies where... Uh, the candy people start coming back to life and they're all having a party inside. And um, yeah, that, that episode I showed, um, 
I was the founder and president of the Sequential Art Society at Ball State, which was just a comic book club, but we had a pretentious name because we were kind of pretentious. <laughs> but we watched Adventure Time because I had just heard about it. Like, I think it was just debuting. And we watched that episode and everyone was just blown away. Um, and it's it's such a cool episode. Like, just the Candy Kingdom itself feels like it could be its own cartoon. Like, the cartoon could just be entirely set within the Candy Kingdom because there's so many characters and so much... Uh, backstory going on and I don't know it's it's such a fleshed out world just within the walls of that one kingdom that it, it was like when you watch that episode it's like man this is a really cool show and you don't even get any glimpses of anything outside the candy kingdom in that episode but it feels like yeah this is the whole series is is all it's all you need is the the candy people and the candy kingdom plus Finn and Jake um which is true like it could have carried the whole series so yeah, this is a, a huge one. I feel like this is almost the focus of the park. Um, this is kind of where we have our like Disney's castle. Like I think this is kind of what draws you in um, and is the main maybe hub of the the whole theme park is the Candy Kingdom. I I fully agree. I, even the shape of the Candy Castle is is very Disney esque and uh, <laughs> um, it, it's it's welcoming. It definitely yeah. Is yeah, and it's bright and pink and colorful and like really happy looking. There's still some really messed up stuff that happens in here, but uh, I I love it. I'm really into it. I think that um, Bubblegum Princess is a really good uh, kind of host, like like a Walt Disney type character, but she has a much you know weirder, darker backstory. Maybe it's as weird and dark as Walt Disney himself. Who knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but just that she's almost this like, you know, God, like this creator figure um, who rules over her subjects. It's, it's such an interesting thing because she is such a like sweet person, but then at the like flip of a switch, she can be a total like um, just unbridled scientific progress, like with no ethics whatsoever. Like she can be so cold and so like, like evil all of a sudden, but she doesn't see it as bad. Like to her, that's the way it is. And um, I think it's such an interesting, like, storytelling thing like there's so many interesting plot lines that go off of just that dynamic of of yeah she is like sweet and accommodating and thoughtful but she's also like a mad scientist pretty much all the time yeah oh man so yeah i, th I think there's a, a lot of really cool character designs here like it would be awesome to have kind of walk around characters of the different candy people um yeah, there's just so many of them that are like really fascinating like i love the candy cane who has like a hat hanging upside down because the end of his head is the upside down part of the like hook of a candy cane. And like, I, I don't know the, the chocolate chip cookie with all the chips that kind of come out and are their own people. There's <laughs> yeah. so many fun characters that would, that would hang out here. And the, I, I think a pre, when I was thinking about the candy kingdom, the prerequisite of the candy kingdom is that, um, and and this is this is maybe not just for the candy kingdom, but this is for the and and feel free to disagree with me, but I I feel like this could be for the whole park. Uh, all security is wearing a big banana suit. I mean, they're yes. banana guards. Like. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the banana guards are such endearing, like cute characters. Like if you're gonna have a character who is a um, you know, bad authority figure or like a dumb authority figure, like at least make them really cute and like innocent. And that's for sure what the banana guards are. <laughs> They're so uh, just childlike. It's, it's really cute to just see them kind of having fun or like swinging their legs. And I think that'd be a really fun job as someone working in the theme park to be like, 
yeah, I'm a security guard, but I'm kind of supposed to be like playful. And so that would be a, a way to do it. Um, yeah. An interesting approach to uh, law enforcement too. If it's just like, I'm here to enforce the laws, but like, I'm going to have fun today too. Like, I don't really, you know, have to be super serious all the time. I like that. Yeah. And I just, I had an idea too of like, guests get randomly drawn each time mm -hmm. to get arrested for a crime they didn't know that they committed. Ooh, that's a cool way to like start a story or start a, an escape room or some kind of experience could be well, that... maybe, maybe an escape room or just like a, just a, a place where you were randomly drawn and you are like five people out of the thousand of thousands of people there that day that get to see this certain thing. Like, yeah. Oh man. What if they started out by like, um, maybe they are, they have like people who do character portraits. Like they draw you in the adventure time art style. That'd be pretty easy by the way. It's, I think it's pretty like formulaic, but if they just did that, like five people are walking into the park through the admission area um, they, they're like, okay, these are gonna be our five people. So they draw like a wanted poster of those five characters, those five people and put them throughout the park. And then whenever the banana guards see them, they try to arrest them. And it makes a, a very different day for those five people versus everybody else. That would be awesome. Cause then you, you, you might want to hide. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you <laughs> can go a bunch of different paths with that. Cause there are some kind of like seedy, like criminal parts of, uh, of the candy kingdom. Like there's like that bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's people who kind of live under this bridge, like hang out with magic man. Like you can get into some like shady characters in this place. And I think that'd be a really fun way to get into that. Like if you run away from the banana guards, one of these kind of sketchier characters might show up like a, a, a wizard or something will come out and like offer to help you escape or something. If you can, you know, pay them money or something. I think that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. So maybe there's a, maybe that's a, maybe that's two different catches then. Maybe, maybe you could go to the escape room if you got uh, imprisoned, but maybe you could uh, do, I mean, it's, it's a win-win, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's whether you want to be a villain or, or not. Right. Right. And then, yeah, you could kind of like fight it um, through court, which that'd be really fun too, to like see a, a court session, like a trial um, through the candy kingdom lens i think that'd be really fun like because i feel like it's a place where um princess bubblegum or whoever like you know peppermint butler or whoever she has as the the judge um would would usually be really harsh like i feel like there's kind of this uh traditional german discipline system here because yeah princess bubblegum has some like german roots and uh, just having her like have really harsh punishments for things or just like disassemble the candy people um, would be like really funny. Just like have these super harsh punishments come down. It's like, wow, okay, you're not messing around. Um, but I do think she would listen to reason. Like if you could make a compelling case or if you remembered this piece of evidence from earlier about how you know for sure you didn't do this crime or maybe you had to help them find the actual bad guy, um, that would be a really cool and special thing to, to make, be able to make a case and be released. I think that'd be awesome. It gives people incentive to come back to the park because man, I, my friend told me that this happened to him and I have to go back and make sure that that <laughs> happens. Like, yeah, no kidding. And then you get to like keep your wanted poster or something. Um, you have some like evidence of, of what happened. I think that'd be so cool. And oh, the escape be, room be would be really cute too. Like, you know, trying to sneak past the guards and they're all 
banana guards. So like they're just kind of innocent and cute and you can like just roll a yo-yo out of the jail cell and they'll like go running after it. Like it could be pretty <laughs> juvenile, you know, cartoony uh, escape stuff, but it would be, it could be really fun to come up with uh, those logic puzzles of how you could escape from there. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And it wouldn't even like have to be, that is kind of what's cool about it is it wouldn't even have to be like, cause I've, okay, I've never been in an escape room, so I don't know actually how, how horrifying that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it wouldn't even have to be like, y- you might check the, you might check the door and the door wouldn't even be locked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, it would be very different than if you were like in lemon grabs uh, escape room, which would be actually terrifying and have electric floors and like sonic, <laughs> like just huge speakers of him screaming all the time. Um, yeah. I think it'd be cool if there was like a, you know, a fancy, maybe a premium escape room thing in each of the kingdoms. Cause they all have such different, flavor and would have different types of puzzles that make sense um but yeah you should go man there's one in uh in westchester near uh ikea that i recommend that's like one of my favorite escape rooms i've ever been to yeah you'll have to send me the you'll have to send me the link to that because my wife's been wanting to go to one and Dude, I'm like, i'll do it right I now don't... it's it's a pretty cool uh thing like it's it was a huge inspiration for me to do want to do this this podcast was going to my first escape room and, and being so immersed in, in that fiction. It's really fascinating. It's uh it's fun stuff. And does it kind of like, do they kind of change the storyline up like over months of time? Or? I don't think so. I haven't been to the one in Westchester in a couple of years. Um, and I know they do like switch out what the whole room is, but it's like, it's kind of, this one is like science themed and it's always going to be science themed. And that one is like an art heist theme. And it'll just always be like that for a couple of years. And then they'll just change the whole room. And now it's pirates or something. So I don't think they evolve the story necessarily, but it's just like they change the whole thing and all the puzzles and, and change everything out every couple of years. That's awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah. I do want to, I do want to tell you one thing I'm hanging on to um, the whole, the whole escape room thing that they're, if you think there is a prison in every single kingdom. Interesting. Including, including slime kingdom. So there could be different escape rooms in each. Oh in each yeah. Of the park, so. That's awesome. I was just thinking of the ice King one. Like it could be full of princesses. Like you have to try to get, get as you, you could use maybe the different abilities of the different princesses in the escape, like as different tools, you know, you need a hot dog princess to do this little thing. And like slime princess can do that thing. Like, it's almost like having different tools in the Legend of Zelda or something. I like that. I like the uh, escape room prisons. Uh, yeah, I can't quite think of many like specific other things I would want to see in the in the Candy Kingdom. Just the people, like just seeing the candy people walk around and go about their daily lives. Oh, the gumball guardians are such cool creatures. Um, Just these huge, you know, titans, silent guardians, like that are just gumballs. Like they're so, they're beautiful. They're gumball machine giants. They're, they're beautiful things. And like, if they were animatronic and they could move even just a little bit, it would be so cool and, and like, uh, I'm picturing like Shadow of the Colossus, which is one of my favorite video games. Like just having a gigantic um, moving creature like that would be so cool. 
Oh, it, that would be awesome. And like, you know, that they could, they could make park announcements and things. Yeah. In their big booming voice. I like. love that. That's a great idea. Super cool. Now, um, to, to tie the Gumball Guardians back into the, into the arrest thing. Yeah. Um, because we're just dreaming, you know, I think it would be really cool if, if the Gumball Guardians could move and actually had arms and could bend down. If you got within so far of them, they could actually pick you up and hold you. Wow. Yeah, that could be a roller coaster, like an attraction in and of itself. Like you just get kind of iron gianted, you know, you get picked up by this huge thing. Yeah. And the view would be really cool. Like that could be, it could be either a thrill or it could be just kind of a, a sightseeing thing, like just to get up really high and have a beautiful view. Could be kind of cool. Almost like a, a carousel or something. Like if it was moving slowly, that could be really special. Yeah, and it would be crappy. It would be crappy up close, but like you could join okay, so like you and like three other people could like fit in the one hand. Mm-hmm. And so you're you back into the hand to get into it. You back into the hand and you strap in or whatever. Yeah. Or, or you got a pull down bar or something. And then the hand closes. So then <laughs> when it's from afar, people see your feet and your head, but they don't, they don't see that you're all locked in and safe, mm-hmm. you know, that's so that amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And then the, they can take pictures of you from out there and it looks like you're just in this guardian's hand, you know, 40 feet in the air or whatever. But in reality, you're, you're harnessed in safely. That's a yeah. great way to do that. I love it. It could even be a little bit more of a thrill attraction too, where there's some kind of battle going on and, you know, the gumball guardians pick you up to protect you or like pull you out of some fire or something like that. And yeah, it could be cool. Cause, cause they have powers. Like they're, they're pretty powerful creatures and um, there could be other like, yeah, things flying around and gumball guardians, like other gumball guardians, like in combat with big like attackers and, that could be really cool. That could be a fun, fun attraction, like a, a war scene almost. And then there's also that kind of Griffin type creature that Princess Bubblegum makes. Um, oh, and there's man. two of them. They're like kind of like sphinxes and they're like shooting rays at each other. Like there's just a bunch of wild uh, characters that you could have flying around and battling and climbing over the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, that's oh. Man, that I'll okay. I'll be honest with you. Like that's one of those. The the show's so great because, um, it, it's a kids show or whatever. I mean, it's not really, but it's a cartoon. Yeah. Um, and there are like when when she builds the um, when when she builds the uh the the other Sphinx with Finn's DNA. Yeah. And, and it's the only thing that can keep this, this pink Sphinx locked down. And you look at that and you go like, I immediately when I saw that up, so I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I think Finn and Bubblegum are going to get together. Like <laughs> <laughs> it is really fun to, yeah. Like kind of um, to like ship characters basically be like, I think that this character and this character are going to end up together, even though it's like this kind of innocent kids show. It's like they each have unique personalities. It's like a very like tragic and kind of broken world. And, you know, Finn's like going through being a teenager and like his relationship with friend with flame princess and like going through all these like heartache things that are like very relatable. 
I, I just love that about the series um, that it has these kind of like embarrassing, awkward moments that are very, very relatable. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's such like a magical world, but the feelings are so normal, like so mundane and relatable. Susan Strong, this is where you belong. Hanging with me on a fallen tree. Don't you think you deserve this to live up here on the surface? I think you do, and I think all your friends do too. I was really fascinated by um, Susan Strong and all of the other people who kind of live in that like sort of like sewer type area. Yeah, I'm the always humans drawn... or whatever. Yeah, humans. H <laughs> O O. Right? Is that it? Um, yeah, that that area would be really cool for even just like a water attraction. You know, they they have like kind of a raft journey in the in the show. Um, so doing a recreation of that would be really cool of of having different humans which have like different you know kind of fish things over their heads. Like so, you it looks like a fish is swimming next to your vehicle, and then it pops up and it's actually a human. That'd um, be really cool. And in the different like uh, those inflatable like those pool floaty things that are like the bad guys having like a, a thrill part where those things are chasing after you. Um, there could be all kinds of stuff, like not only just big rapids and sort of the um, gates coming down and like scaring you that they're going to like crush you and your raft. Those kinds of things would be like fun thrills, but you could also do a little bit of, yeah, something is chasing you too. Yeah, definitely. And so those, um, those like demonic pool floaty things yeah. like like you could if you notice like they already have patches and stuff all over them yeah those could just be floating with you and oh man like and you could have like spears or swords or something and you have to like stab them until they sink that's cool and it's that could be a pretty low-tech thing like you know they just go buy more pool floaties at walmart and uh, throw them in there and uh yeah you have you know some kind of like spear or something and you're trying to keep them away from your boat and it could be set up, you know, like a laser tag type system where if one of them hits your boat, you know, you lose some points or something, your your raft loses health. But if you can keep them away, maybe even just have a pool noodle. Maybe you don't have to actually destroy our, our props. But, uh, you know, you have to keep them, you have to defend yourself as you're going through. You could do a lot of different sort of defend your vehicle type, type attractions. Um, there's that one. Uh, you could do a zombie type thing in the Candy Kingdom too, where the the reanimated corpses are coming back to life. There's a lot of scary things that you could do as um, this thing's trying to get me. Don't let them get me. Uh, like that's the optic. That's the point of the game is uh, don't get got. I think that'd be fun. Totally. Um, and like if, if we're kind of transitioning into the, into, into this, um, you know, laser tag kind of thing. Um, definitely the uh, candy kingdom cemetery is rife for that kind of stuff. Yeah, the characters are so creepy when they're, instead of being their normal bright colored selves, like they're just kind of like dark colors with like glowing green eyes. Like it makes everything so scary and like genuinely pretty creepy for being on Cartoon Network. Uh, but I'm, I'm so, so into it. Definitely. I don't, you probably grew up with Courage the Cowardly Dog, right? Oh my gosh, a little bit. Yeah, it freaked me out though. I didn't watch it so very much. It's probably one of my favorite Cartoon Network shows besides Adventure Time. Really? And it's it's one of those things. It's like maybe I'm just like a little dark when it comes to that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, oh, like I've been wanting to get it on DVD because 
it's it's pow- it's powerful like the storytelling in it with this dog that doesn't even talk like, yeah and you can you can do so much with that and and that is like definitely i i see the comparison with those dark parts of adventure time like you don't have to do you don't have to do much to get a lot of emotion out of these characters it's very simple but it's very to the point yeah and i feel like there's so much room for for kind of innovative storytelling like the one you mentioned earlier that's kind of like a silent film almost or bimo noir which you mentioned which is like a black and white crime drama um it told in the adventure time style like there's so much room for those kinds of unique like art movies like basically like short films set in this universe. So some of the areas can be really self-serious. They don't all have to be about jokes um, and the stakes are very real. And so there's a lot of room for drama here, which is a really cool, whimsical thing. And like feels so real. Like I feel like for as pure and bizarre as this theme park is, a lot of the feelings are gonna be very real and like relatable and cathartic. It's really cool. Um, so another like area that's pretty central and a lot of episodes kind of focus on is just sort of the woods and all the, the mystery that kind of comes with that. Um, and this, it reminds me of over the garden wall a little bit, which, uh, was actually created by, uh, what's that guy's name? Patrick something who used to work on adventure time. So Patrick McHale. Um, so it kind of makes sense that there's this connection with like kind of exploring through the woods and finding weird, whimsical character moments in there um, that connects with that whole other theme park we've done already. But borrowing some of those kinds of things um, is a really good idea for, for adventure time because so much of this whole series, I, I think came from a Dungeons and Dragons game that they were playing that Pendleton Ward and friends were playing. And so much of that is just about going into the woods and seeing what you find. So doing something with the woods as as like a main method of exploration is really important to me. Definitely. And that's, um, I, I think personally, the, the woods is maybe not so much of a uh, guided experience. You just go wander into the woods and see what you find. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. And it can be kind of different every time. Maybe there's five different experiences. You can kind of dial which one you want to find. Um, yeah. Like there's that, there's an area of the woods that's like all, showers or something like that it's like the area of embarrassment or something yeah yeah <laughs> there's so many weird things in like jiggler and like the wood witch lady um there's just so many bizarre characters that live out there if, if you can come across the house where tree trunks and mr pig and sweet pea live sweet pea <laughs> that would be so cool i love sweet pea what an adorable character um that's a thing that we reference in my family pretty often is um I forget the exact quote. It's something like, uh, will you be sweet to me? Um, feed me treats and give me sweets or something like that. Kiss my cheeks. <laughs> like it's these like really cute four things that he says, um, that are just really innocent, adorable, like requests of a partner that, that are just really magical things, man. It's such a good show. Um, but yeah, so many cool things are in those woods and being able to explore and not know what you're going to find would feel so real and authentic and it would feel like you're actually in the adventure time world which is what we're going for so i think that's what we should do definitely and like 
like LSP, like you got to run into LSP out there. Nowhere else, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, her campsite. So trashy and woodsy. Like. <laughs> I love her, and I love um, that she always has like some kind of drama-filled story going on. So that'd be a fun thing if you could do like side quests for LSP, where you have to find you have to find the scoop of like where these two people are going on a date, or what does this boy think about that girl. And you have to bring those clues back to Lumpy Space Princess to help her complete her her thing. Or, you know, she needs a new um, plastic bag as a dress. So you have to, like, go help her find a plastic bag in the woods or something. There's so many, like, funny little <laughs> moments you can do that are, like, character interactions. And characters like LSP and most of the princesses really would make for pretty good animatronics, like, pretty realistic things. I think Jake would be really hard to do. But most of the other characters you could do as an animatronic, that would be pretty pretty convincing, I think. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, there's not too much about LSP, like, or t- to her character shape and everything. Um, <laughs> true. She's just really just a blob. So <laughs> She is lumpy, that's true. Um, yeah, that's great. Are there other, like, areas coming off the woods that we for sure need to include here in the, the land of Ooh? Because there's, there's some other, like more ethereal places that we should cover as well that aren't technically maybe a part of ooh but what else do we need to hit while we're here mentioning lsp reminded me of something i thought about this week and it came up multiple times when i was daydreaming about this (laughs) um you have to have the library with turtle princess i think that's really cool yeah those little um paper warriors would be so cool like origami knights that's a really cool moment yeah i'm into that and i don't know how you do that actually i do know how you do that so you have the you have um the like because the if you build it to scale then your your library shelves are going to be almost 30 feet tall no kidding yeah so you could have those as the top shelves as video screens and you can look up and see them swinging and stuff that's really cool i love that yeah that's great and just being able to like pull a book off the shelves and actually read it would be really cool. Cause there's so much lore out there about, about all of these characters and stuff. And you could do some research that can help you in your quest. Or if you're really trying to figure out um, some kind of mystery, you want to find like this one dungeon or something, you can find clues in the library. I think that'd be awesome. That's definitely, yeah. Like books, um, books that are in, I mean, this happens in Moonrise Kingdom. You know, you have these you have these books that are like not actually real books in real life. Right. There's actually, there's a bar in Columbus called light of seven matchsticks. It's named after one of those fake books in moonrise kingdom. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. You talked about that on your podcast, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the thing I think that would be really cool and this would take, I mean, years of compiling information and making storylines and stuff, but actually have books from the freaking, show that you can pull off the shelf and buy like there's a wow like the library desk is just a place where you can buy these books like that's super cool yeah what a cool memento because like they do the merchandise from the show so well like the the regular seasons of the dvd like there's the slip cover which is the outside of the character like bemo it's their like outer casing and you pull it off and you can see the circuitry on the like inner dvd case and then you pop that open and the disc itself has like their heart, which is like a gold heart on the disc. And it's, it's so cool. And like, um, 
I think one of them is shaped like Ice King and like it's his beard on the outer layer and then his like naked face on the inner layer. And their merchandise is just so cool. Um, I also have the complete series on DVD and it is like a um, pop-up book. Like I think between each season, there's an actual like pop-up book that comes out. It's just so cool. So I'm sure we could um, get some of those same designers to do actual books. Like forget about it. That would be amazing. I love it. Dude, and it's not even about the, like, at this point, it's not even about making money with the park. It's making actual memories you can hold in your hand. Like, this is big time. Oh, I love that. You said that so well. I'm so stoked about that. We need to, this, this can't end at this podcast, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. There's definitely room for a part two. Like, there's so many characters and places that we aren't going to be able to get to on one episode. So yeah, we'll we'll revisit this someday for sure. Are there any other spots like in in the land of Ooh that we need to uh, to get to? Wizard City. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. What a special place. And specifically, the reason why is I I hold one certain person from Wizard City in very high esteem. Probably he. He's definitely on my top 10 list of, of characters, period. Not even non-essential characters. Wow, who's this? Ron James. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's um, just, it's his head, it's his almond eyes, it's, <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> like The characters on this show are so good. I love that. Um, yeah, what a bizarre character, too. Is, is this the episode that has um, Abraka Daniel on it? He I, might be on a I, different one. Because I, I don't know if he's actually considered a magician. Um, yeah, but that guy's... Yeah, he is a wizard, yeah. He's yeah. in the wizard battle episode, yeah. Um, oh, man, just doing, like, those wizard battles, like, those tournaments, like, the one where everyone's trying to fight um, the farm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. we should do just, like, some big gladiatorial combat type things i think that'd be really fun yeah what do they call that what do they call that when uh like you're all nerfed up or whatever um Um, like a uh larping larping yeah and just have a big larp arena like yeah there's so many cool swords on that show and different like weapons and i love all of finn's swords like the the blood sword is so cool uh and the leaf one yeah i'm i want foam versions of all those Definitely, yeah, and that's like stuff you like. You go in, you buy it, you keep it forever. It's not yeah. like you, really, yeah. So that would be tight. Um, but yeah, like the specifically the it's the episode where um where Starchy is sick and he's not having it. He has to have the cold spell, even though Princess Bubblegum is like science will heal you. Yeah, like, oh, magic, you know, like <laughs> old Starchy. I love that guy. And so, yeah, they go to Ron James's to uh, to get the cold spell. And I, I think they end up getting the wrong thing because they don't actually know what they're looking for or whatever. But, <laughs> dude, he's so – dude, there's something about Ron – I don't know. I'm crazy about Ron James. That's what I have to say. <laughs> I am glad to hear that. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. There's so many, like, like Easter eggs and behind-the-scenes things to learn about all these different characters, too, like – Man, I'm telling you, the commentary tracks are so worth listening to. I'm a huge fan. Like Pendleton Ward is so cool. All the different people who work on the show are really cool. Um, a lot of big names who have gone on to other things. Uh, 
yeah, are, are heavily involved in this series. I've always felt like a monster. Focusing on some of the other uh, places, kind of like one that I'm really into is the Nidosphere, um, which is is sort of similar to the last episode of Amusement Sparks, which was Underworld Land. Um, it's yeah. definitely inspired by Hieronymus Bosch. I don't know how many podcasts reference that guy on two episodes in a row, but here's one of those. Um, it's just this super bizarre, like afterlife type of realm with like big demon type creatures and really unsettling bizarre things happening. Um, and I love Hunson Abadir who is Marceline's dad. And that voice actor actually wrote this encyclopedia of Ooh that I have in my hand. Martin Olson is the, the voice actor and I love that character. Um, and I think that that would be so cool to have uh, Hunson Abadir have a, a part in this theme park and, Maybe there's an area where you can open up that portal. You know, you um, draw that fill face on the wall and you throw bug's milk on it and you say whatever in Latin and then it opens the portal and you get to actually go to this other part, <laughs> like this underground, super bizarre area um, of the theme park. And it could even be a way of getting around the theme park. Like if you discover like the way to make this these portals or maybe you make friends with some of the Nidosphere residents, you have a way of kind of, teleporting around the park almost or you know if you're in this jail cell in an escape room but you know about getting to the nightosphere you can make a portal and go into the nightosphere to escape like it could be kind of a cool uh portal system for people who have done a lot of research in the library or worked their way up in in earning you know a place with marceline or marshall lee even to get access to the uh the nightosphere i would i would be so into that yeah that's oh man that sounds awesome because like my yeah, that was my question when I was thinking because okay, I listened to the to the head episode last <laughs> week, and I was like, "This is so freaking awesome!" And then immediately, I I was thinking, I was like, "Well, what is the night?" I mean, this is just the real version of the nightosphere. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. So. <laughs> it definitely has a lot of the same inspiration, um, and it's really weird stuff. That's another thing about the nightosphere is like. Like cartoons can do, they can do devil things, but like Adventure Time does it in this like non-scary way. Yeah, and yeah, you're that's right. Like, I don't, I don't see anything in the Nidosphere that's like actually terrifying. Right, I it's think just it's very hilarious. weird. Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is gonna sound really weird, but when I watch the Nidosphere episodes, you know how sometimes when you like visually see something, you smell a smell sure like like i smell it smells like someone farted when i watch that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed, i feel like it's supposed to bring that like <laughs> that's amazing like they, yeah they got you with the smell of vision but they didn't even have to use the fancy technology yeah <laughs> that's amazing wow um that's really interesting i've heard of people experiencing that kind of stuff like i think it's called synesthesia where like certain things remind you of other things or like they make you feel these senses that aren't actually being activated. You feel them being activated? Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool. 
Um, but another like kind of afterlife inspired thing I think is is like the cosmic owl and Prismo and like there's all these like other realms that we could get into. Um, I, I don't know what we would do with these exactly. The the kind of dumb idea that I had off the bat was, I guess the inspiration for the cosmic owl was there's like a light in one of the bathrooms at Cartoon Network would shine on the urinal and cast this weird like reflection on the wall that looks like the cosmic owl, like kind of this heart shaped thing with big eyes. And so I think it'd be funny if, you know, all the urinals had like a light shining so that it made a cosmic owl in front of you, or maybe one would just appear once in a while. And if you see the cosmic owl, it's like you're having a vision and you have to go on this specific quest because the cosmic owl appeared to you in the bathroom. <laughs> that would be cool. And I've never heard that story of how, how they created the cosmic owl. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't make that up. I'm pretty sure that someone could verify me on that, but uh, that's the story I remember. Um, but that sounds think, incredibly legit. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. And I love Prismo and like his place is so um, chill, but also really bizarre. And it feels like a, a crazy modern art museum type thing to experience. And just kind of hanging out with Prismo would be really cool. Like just kind of standing on him because he takes up like the whole room. Like it's such a weird uh, part of the series, like such a bizarre location. Yeah. And you could, I mean... Because it's a theme park and because of all this and and because of the actually this helps this helps the line thing because it's a rarity that you get there anyways you have to go you have to be on the quest to do it mm -hmm. um you wouldn't really your party is the only people are really the only people in there at a time um, cool. and so I feel like the weight capacity of the room because I was thinking about you're on. You're, you would stand on a screen essentially, and then the walls and the ceiling would be screens you could <laughs> be anywhere on the on the six six walls of the room. I love so, that. Um. So, and and it's fully interactive. He, he it's maybe AI or something, and it can hear you and reply in Prisma's voice and and all that. I love that. That's really cool. Oh man, I don't know why this just jumped to mind, but. I would love to see the um, the Mo factory, like where BMO was made. That would be such a cool tour to explore that, around. That's its own. See, that that the Mo factory has so much potential for a theme park because you could walk it, you could take that rail thing, yeah, and that rail thing gets crazy. Remember, it does right. It has like a roller coaster in that episode, basically. So it's and that's you know, that's all underground. So that, you know, you have where it fits then. Mm -hmm. And there's like security guards who can be chasing you. And yeah, there's so many plot moments there. And then also just exploring and seeing the old technology and the Easter eggs and the other versions of the different Mo bots would be really cool. Because I don't want, I don't want it a, I don't want it to be a running Mo factory. I want it to be like, it's in the show, like it's degraded. Yeah. And so you run down and stuff. That's awesome. And that could be a laser tag thing too, where you find some blasters off of like some defense mows or something. And you're like defending yourself against the guards and trying to escort BMO somewhere. That would be awesome. Oh, totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what? There's so many other things we could do, man. I, I think it'd be really cool to do the um, sort of like murder mystery episode. Like there's the uh, pillow kingdom 
episode there's so many like specific things that would be their own really cool attractions there's mars there's all the stuff with magic man (sighs) man mars is something for me because it's like (sighs) mars has messed with me ever since i've seen the show (laughs) because like i i grew up in christian household and i and so like yeah when I was, I was really fighting with my faith when I started watching Adventure Time. Wow. Uh, and so like, I would see, I would see like King of Mars, you know, Abe Lincoln. It's so weird. Like, and I, I saw Gob Grod, whatever the four headed, you know, you know four sided. Yeah, their head. version of God is just a, a character. It's so, so unusual for a, a children's cartoon to say, yeah, this is God basically. Yeah. And it's like, it's so when I was I was fighting with my own faith and I, I've had this fight for like 10 years, which is how long I have known Adventure Time, you know, yeah. Adventure Time. It's so crazy how a children's show can ground your faith. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that because I saw I saw Gob Grod Glob or whatever. And and I saw King of Mars as like Christ or whatever. And um. And so, so Mars is an attraction. That's just for me. Like that's chapel. Like that's. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. Um, what a cool thing. And yeah, it's got this kind of like Coliseum style thing set up. Like there's, you could do a lot of different attractions here. Um, I love the quote um, when they're, when uh, Grob, Grob, Gob, Glob, Grod is trying to um, use the overhead projector and instead of saying turn off the lights, they say turn on the dark. And I, I, I say that whenever I want someone to like turn the lights off. I'm like, turn on the dark. Um, it's just such a like epic way to say this dumb thing. And then they're just like scrawling this like really ugly like children's drawing on uh, an overhead projector. Oh, such a good moment. Uh, but yeah, that would be a super cool area to see. And what an interesting character with like the four heads that can turn around and like four different personalities. And again, I love Magic Man. And there's another source of like portals to get us from attraction to attraction. Um, <laughs> Magic Man is so rude. And I think that that is so funny. Um, I'm really into magic. And I, I think when people are like rude as a joke, it's really funny. So there's this, there was a, a long time, like a, a embarrassing amount of time where whenever I'd be on YouTube, I'd like be scrolling through and I'd see a thumbnail for something that said rude magic. And I'd be so excited, like, oh, Rude Magic, like, that sounds hilarious. And I click on it, and it's the song Rude by the band Magic, which I don't like at all. I mean, it's fine, whatever. But it's like, I fell for that so many times. So I'm like, Rude Magic, I need to watch this right now. And then I'd fall for it again. Um, oh. <laughs> but I think Magic Man is uh, the ultimate combination of Rude and Magic for me. And I would love to be able to interact with him and have him just, you know, completely destroy me. I'm so into it. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like that, uh, like that Dick's Hard Time Restaurant or whatever. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it's yeah, called. Yeah, Dick's Last yeah. Resort in Indianapolis, or um, yeah, Ed DeBevick's in Chicago. Yeah, those places are fun. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where may, maybe you can't hold down Magic Man to this one place, but mm-hmm. like maybe. Maybe he is just the guy. Like if you're if you're in a ridicule, you just quest. Your quest for that day is finding Magic Man and getting him to be a jerk to you. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm there for that, dude. That sounds awesome. Oh, wow. So the land of ooh, or or maybe we call it um, adventure place. 
Adventure Time and Place? I don't know. We, we don't have a title yet, but the Adventure Time theme park would be so cool to visit. Come along with me And the butterflies and bees We can wander through the forest And do so as we please Come along with me To a cliff under a tree I would recommend the Get a Little Weird podcast. It's available on Spotify. That's where I listen to it. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit more about your show, Nate? Well, it's pretty much available everywhere. Overcast, um, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Um, but it's it was birthed last year in June. Uh, everybody was quarantining and stuff like that. And I was just like, I just want to have this thing i'll have a couple of my friends on um and i had a friend um brad he was uh he was kind of shipping people to me um uh as you know to have as guests and uh people started randomly um people started randomly grabbing a hold of me and and i don't it wasn't people brad was shipping to me so it it really just worked out um I've, I've used it to meet people that I would have never met uh, from walks of life that I would have never encountered. Um, and it's just really like, like I said earlier, it's a, it's kind of like a time capsule or a journal. I'm doing it for myself. Um, but if, if people want to come along for the ride, that's, that's cool. And it, it is like you, you said yourself, it is kind of weird sometimes. Um, <laughs> and that's, I would have it no other way because if it wasn't, then it's me putting something else on and it's not true. Um, and, and a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the episodes are me talking for 40 minutes and I'm really, really, um, I've come a long way in my life because I, I never thought I could monologue for any amount of time, much less 40 minutes, an hour or whatever. And, uh, but it's been really, it's been really fun. It's the gamut, you know, it's so cool, like looking through your Instagram, which is the Get a Little Weird podcast, um, and just seeing all the different things that you have photos of. Like it's so diverse and so broad. And I see this drawing with uh, Ron James in it. By the way, I see you. That's um, awesome. Like I don't know, going through your Instagram for your show versus the Instagram for my show. Like mine feels so like corporate and like branded, whereas yours feels so like authentic and traveling through the world and like taking in all these curiosities. It's really cool. So. I would definitely recommend checking out the podcast. Um, I like that it represents a little piece of home for me. Like it's a, a Union County, you know, production with a lot of appreciation for that area, which is, it's a cool thing. I, I'm glad you're doing that podcast. It's uh, it's really fun and your, your Instagram's great. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work, man. Thanks for being on the show. Dude, I'm seriously glad uh, that you like it. I'm seriously glad you allowed me to come on the show too. I've been listening to your uh, show really since it came out I've missed some episodes but um, I've pretty much been in it the long haul and I'll continue to listen I mean like dude the Wes Anderson Park episode awesome the <laughs> um, the Fast and Furious episode that's probably my favorite to be honest because whoever that, that was wild. he had on he is hilarious <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Nick is Nick's the man yeah I've, I've been lucky to have so many good guests over the years like it does it enriches the show so much. Like you were saying with like getting your guests on the show and different 
people living like voice memos and stuff. It's like such a special thing when you get other people's fingerprints onto your show. And yeah, I'm lucky enough to have, I think we're almost at 60 guests um, that have been over, been on amusement sparks over the last four years. So it is a wild time and yeah, having different guests on means, means the world. It's really important. So thanks for contributing to that. Um, yeah, this, this has been a blast and we'll have to do another one of these sometime. Hey, it's my pleasure, dude. And that's, I, like I said, I, I'm extending the, uh, I'm extending the welcome to my show too, because I, I would love to have you on. I'd love for more people to know about amusement sparks because it's, it's amazing. Aww. And it's, when I started listening to it, I was, a uh, um, I was doing extra work at the, at the casket factory that I worked at. I was, uh, staying over on the weekends and doing janitorial work. And it was like this, I was doing all these mundane tasks, you know, scrubbing toilets, mopping floors, sweeping floors. And it was this thing I could put into my ears for an hour or an hour and a half and like be in a different world. And it was so awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I was going for. Like, and, and that's something I really appreciate too, about the diversity of guests I've been able to get is, you know, it's not like everyone is just a podcaster for all the time. Like everyone has different jobs and like different mundane, boring things they have to do. And those people can all be guests on the show too. It's not like you have to be a content creator or something like that. I mean, you are as like, obviously, but like, yeah, I love seeing all the different jobs that people work who are on the show. Cause it's people from all different walks of life. And it's a, it's a pretty cool thing that we can all, you know, brainstorm together and collaborate on and just do it for fun and do it to, uh, to be like, a creative fan of something like you can do that with whatever your job is, whatever your background is. Ah, what a cool thing. Definitely, well, man. <laughs> yeah, Nate, it was great hanging out with you, man. This, this was really cool. Um, Oh, uh, so yeah, I would love to be on your show. We'll for sure set that up. Cool, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get some open time for that because that that's important right now. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Tell Katie, I said, hi, or Mr. Spawn says, hi. <laughs> hey, no, I, I will. She, she told me like a couple of years ago, cause I, what, what year did you graduate? Oh, eight. Oh, eight. Uh -huh. So were you in, were you in high school when I was a freshman then? I think so. Yeah. Cause you graduated in 11, right? So 11, yeah. I would have been a junior when you were a freshman, I think, or yeah, I, maybe a senior when you were a freshman. I don't know. You were a senior. You're in Alex's class, right? Yes. Okay. Because I remember it was like, maybe you did something with the band or something when I was in eighth grade or if I saw, but I remember seeing you in, in high school, well, it would have been freshman year then. And I remember seeing you and Joe Drudy and a couple people like Jacob Stubbs and stuff. I would see you guys and be like, that's who I want to be like. <laughs> like, so, and like total and when, weirdos, it, confident weirdos. <laughs> well, yeah. Or just, I mean, you had like, you had it, whatever it was to me, you had it. And so Aww. I was like, I was like, that's awesome. And when Katie told me that you were her math teacher for like that year or whatever, I was like, holy crap. I was like, Probably coolest math teacher you could ask for then, right? Like, <laughs> oh, that means a lot. I, well, I gotta say, I'm pretty sure that you made it. You know, as far as like being a cool person in Union County, I think you're carrying the torch right now. It's pretty awesome. Like with hey, the podcast and like with that Instagram, like it is a really powerful like artistic statement and like a, a reason to you know keep that town on the map. It's really cool. Hey, dude, I'm. I'm shocked to hear you say that. And I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. You're holding time. down the forward. I appreciate it. It's really cool. Awesome, man. Well, this has been a dream come true. I told my mom on the phone earlier, I was like, I've never been someone's guest. So I don't really know like how this is going to work, but well, hopefully it's the first of many. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah.